Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. About the time that I was a youth of your age, and, and I'm only 40, so that's not super old. All right. But when I was about your age, God kept playing this song in my head, and I don't know if you know it very much, but Kirk Franklin, you sing it, it was Revolution. And all I keep hearing, do you want a revolution? Whoop, whoop. That would go through my head over and over again. But God began to kind of talk to me about that because when we were growing up, it was revival, 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 revival. And when I was about your age and getting older, he said, no, revolution, 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 revolution. And I said, what's the difference, God? He said, in a revival, you go back. In a revolution, there's constant change. And I said, okay, God. So about a month ago, God took the idea of revolution and he brought it into running the race. Okay, God. He's like, well, think about it. You coach track. They have to revolve around that track, don't they? I said, yeah, in some of the races. He said, yeah, but that's the whole idea, right? You, you're going to end up in a different place. You're either going to be a winner or not. But there has to be change at the end. You come in some position. I said, okay, God, yeah. So that's when I gave that word of running that race, but not necessarily just running your own race, but learning how to help others run their race. One of the wonderful things that David talked about this morning when he was up here speaking was that God is going to use the youth in order to change the world. Well, God is going to use the adults to teach the youth how to change the world because whether we understand it or not, there's wisdom and what we've gone through. And we as adults have to learn how to run the race so that we as adults can teach the youth how to run the race. Our ceiling has to be their footstool. And that's how it begins. So with that understanding, God said, okay, I want to put this in position for you, right? Now I was going to put chairs up here for you and the chairs were going to represent hurdles. So you got to think about that, right? There are these hurdles, right? All right. To understand revolution, we must look at it at a race on a track. Our salvation uh, and love of God is running a race. Others are watching even if it is our own race. See, God kind of brought that to me. He said, you know, you're running this race, but there are people in the stands. I'm going, okay. He's like, so what you're doing is witnessing to them. What you're doing, how you run that race is a big deal. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We are being watched. So God, okay, what kind of races? He said, well, in every race that you're going to run, there are hurdles. Well, God, I can only think of three races that involve hurdles. He's like, well, in the spiritual race, there's always hurdles. I said, okay, God. There are hurdles that you can remove, and there are hurdles that God helps you overcome. There is a difference. Some hurdles will never move. That's why you have to overcome them. And you overcome them every time you race. I had the idea of five hurdles up here. You have temptation and what tempts you. You have fear and doubt. And you have despair. 
We can remove what tempts us. But God has to help us. That was five. I'll count it out for you in a minute. Temptation and what tempts you. Fear and doubt and despair. Sorry. It's going to make sense. You can remove what tempts you. What do you mean by that? Do we want to get honest this morning? I need to know. Great. Pornography is the number one problem in America right this minute. More youth, whether they'll ever admit it or not, will struggle with it by the time they are 13 years old. In fact, the statistic states that 98% of all young people in America by the time of 13 years old will have seen pornography. I don't want to go through a million statistics. I just want you to understand people are seeing it. And now we have this wonderful thing called the Internet. It makes you able to go into your bathrooms and your bedrooms and your closets and never be seen with your sin where you can walk around this world and act like you're not struggling with that sin. You can lie all you want, but understand God knows. And you can never overcome temptation with God's help if you're not willing to remove what tempts you. But I have to use the internet for my work. Figure it out. You cannot help another person run a race until you yourself can run that race. And we talk about wanting to change the world, but you can't change the world until you can run the race. If you continue to get knocked over by the temptations of this world, then you are not going to be able to help somebody overcome the temptations that are in front of them as well. Do we want to be honest or do we want to put that in a jar, put it up on a shelf? In honest reality, we struggle. I struggle with lust. I struggle with greed. I struggle. You struggle with something. So the first thing you have to do is remove it. How do I remove it? Glad you asked. What are we building at this church? A house of? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the? You can't have a testimony without a test. And you can't overcome without understanding what his words are. Jesus was tested. Over and over and over he was tested. And when he was tested, he had to come back with the word. The word was his sword, truth, his righteousness. He had to gird up his loins. He had to prepare himself. He had to come out there ready to go. And let me tell you something. If you're not preparing yourself, you're also not ready to help somebody else run their race. When we think of the race, we always think of 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there, uh, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will uh, uh, award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. Great. We're missing the point. That's what we stick on. At the end, I've run my race. At the end, you're not at the end. You're at the beginning. You're where you're supposed to be in God. We can't think about it like that. It's time to recognize that you're in the middle of your race. 
And you're not just running it for yourself. You're running it to be used for someone else. We are understanding this as the use to understand our salvation as a race. But we need to understand that there's more than salvation. So I started with temptation and the next I went to fear. We can overcome fear through God. But we can remove the hurdle of doubt in our lives. How are we going to remove it? Read the word and pray. How do you remove temptation? Read the word and pray. How do you overcome it? Read the word and pray. You're going to notice a theme in this. Despair. We can take hold of our thoughts, but God helps us overcome despair. You have to read the word and read the word and pray. Read the word and pray. We did something this morning, right? When I used to have to coach uh, hurdles, we used to have to take them out, right? And you taught them how to run the hurdles, so you had to run, right? So you walked up, you set up the hurdles, you come over to the right of it. You had to practice this, right? So you came and you stepped and you went over and you brought and you brought the leg up and you go over that. And then you had to take one step and then you stepped and you hurdled and you brought the leg over and you went. And you had to learn how to run these hurdles, right? That's what we did this morning. The pastor said, come up here and pray. And, and, and adults that are up here, we want you to get prayed over because they have to practice. We're teaching them how to step and how to overcome the hurdles. Now, the reason why we taught them how to step in the way that we did and to be able to bring the leg up the way that we did and to bring their bodies down low was so that they could overcome it fast. Because the faster you are, the quicker you win that race. Well, the more you practice, the faster you become. The faster you become, the quicker you overcome that hurdle. The quicker you overcome that hurdle, the quicker you win that race. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjugation, lest when I have preached to others, I myself become, should become disqualified. We have to overcome it before we can teach people to overcome it. You have to run your race before you can teach people to run the race. What is this saying? Is he saying that I'm competing with everybody on the field? No. No. I just want to learn how to run it faster so that I can help those around me. I want to obtain this imperishable crown. I want to obtain what God has for me. And I want to do it as quick as I can. And I want to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Because then I want to come out there. I'm telling you right now, the greatest teachers did it first. Don't be lied to those who can't teach. That's not true. Some of the best teachers I ever had could do it. They were the best hitters. They were best throwers. They were some of the best athletes I'd ever seen. They had to teach me how to do it, and they based it off of how they had done. They had gotten to the championships. They had won that stuff, and guess what? They brought us into that place. 
That's right. And so when you think about it, we're running that race. We have to do it. Once we can do it, once we're getting faster and faster and we can just continue to win that race, then we got to go over and show others how to do it. Notice it first starts with who? Us. It's an internal struggle. It's an internal fight. It's our spiritual walk first. When we talked about temptation, you need to understand Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh desires what, it, what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Temptation, fear, despair, that's part of the flesh. Notice I didn't say Satan. Don't misunderstand we constantly talk about Satan. Why? Because Satan is an unrelenting enemy that constantly comes to beat you, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to do that. But you're not just fighting the enemy. You too are fighting yourself. You have to wake up in the morning and do what? Pick up your cross. I say it over, over and over again because this is stuff we need to know. We pick up our cross. We follow Him. That means we are crucifying our flesh daily. We are destroying those hurdles. Those are the hurdles we can remove from our lives because we know as we go through our day, these other hurdles are going to present themselves. And it's very hard to jump over two hurdles at once. Something's going to trip you up. God kind of put this one in front of me. Tell me if you know this one. Matthew sixteen twenty four. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. But I want, that's what temptation is. I want, I want, I want, I want. It's not just fleshly as far as pornography. It can be greed. It can be, it's a want, it's a desire of the heart that doesn't necessarily desire what God wants. That is part of the flesh. And until we learn how to remove that from ourselves, you know, I've heard it many times and we can say it, but I, I tell you, it's hard because we don't really believe it. Do you own your stuff or does it own you? Because in here he says, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I love my TV. I love my electronics. I love it. I mean, I have fun. I have this Oculus thing. Man, I love to get in VR, right? Ignore the world. Well, whatever the real world is. Get in this thing and go playing stuff. And I mean, just enjoy myself. But when it begins to get in the way of my prayer time with God, with reading his word, if somebody looks at me and says, let me tell you, I have four kids. They always want time. I don't know when I'm supposed to have time. I guess when they move out one day. Dad says that's not ever the case either. But <laughs> No, but I mean, when they come to me, if I'm not willing to put that down, then they don't matter to me more than what I'm ready to put on my face to, to get out of this world. Well, you just have to have time for yourself. I didn't read that anywhere in the Bible. Take a Sabbath. That I read. That I read. But in there it never said, hey, when you take a Sabbath or when you take that time for God and you, you are pulling yourself away from the worldly things that you need to ignore your family. It said to rest 
to get away from these weary things, right? These things that bring us down to come into a congregation and to, to get stronger in God. I, I, I pray it all the time, fill me up to overflowing. Why? Because by the time I make it to this church on Sunday, I better be empty. I better have floated out. And if it flew, these are horrible words my mother get on to me. If I let it flow out of me until I'm empty, then I better have a refreshing before I go out there again. And that may be Monday, I already let it all come out of me. So by Monday night, I'm in prayer and I am in reading again because Tuesday, it's going to have to flow out again. Because Wednesday, it's going to have to flow out again. Because Thursday, it's going to have to flow out again. And then when I need to take a Sabbath, it's going to be here. Why? Because this is going to be a recuperation time. I used to run on a Sunday night to be a refueling time. That's what we call it. You've come up there. What is this? Refueling. We didn't do preaching or anything. All we did was refuel. We did praise and worship, and we read the word together, and we discussed what we read. And we tried to go a little deeper, and we tried to go a little deeper. On Sundays, you're going to get words that are read to you, though. This right here, I'm going to tell you right now. You need to go check. Don't just take my word for it. Any pastor that says that you take exactly what he says as golden has missed the mark. Yes, he hears God, but if he's truly heard God, then he shouldn't worry about you going to check behind him at all or her. Because in all reality, if it's God's word, it's always going to ring true. You're not going to be able to refute it. Your world is not your world. Your race is not your race. This is God's world. Don't we say we want his kingdom come here on earth? Well, if that's the case, then it's his. The glory is yours. Your worthy is yours. Guys, this is the part of running that first race. And then once we do that, once we become pros at overcoming some of those hurdles, removing other things that are fleshly there, because once you remove the fleshly things, that's where Satan comes in. Satan's going to try to give you temptation. Satan's going to try to bring the fear. Satan's going to try to bring the despair. So I've removed the flesh, the things that I can remove, and now it takes God to fight the battles that are in front of me so that I can overcome it. And once I've learned how to go into Him in prayer, once I've learned how to go to Him and read the Word, once I've girded up my loins, now is the time that I can go show somebody else how to follow Christ. Now it's time to make disciples of all nations. Because now when I get up, I can show them this is how you defeat the flesh inside of you. Or around you, or on you, or near you. This is how you follow Christ. This is how you overcome this hurdle. And you better be prayed up, and you better know your word. And let me tell you why. I have a friend who is struggling. Struggle is an understatement. I've never known anybody to be as strong in God as he was. He used to be a a beacon of light for me in a lot of ways. I'd call him, we'd talk to try to get through some stuff. Um, My friend has now left the church. Because in the midst of trying to seek God, they're listening to man. And they're becoming so wise in their own ways and in what they're researching themselves that it's created questions that he can't answer. And the questions that have been raised that he can't answer, he can't just put on God's shoulder so that he can overcome it. And now what's happened is faith 
has turned to doubt. Doubt has turned to fear or despair. And now he's stumbling. Hurdle after hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. What does that mean I've got to do? I now have to teach him how to run the race. And, and if I don't know God's word, I can hurt him more than help him. And if I'm not prayed up and I try to go to him before God says, then I can hurt him more than help him. And if I am not prepared to run it the way I'm supposed to run it, I will hurt more than help. Period. And it's hard. It's hard. When you find somebody close to you that you really just love, and they're telling you that they don't believe that the Bible was necessarily put together properly, that they now question that because man is the one that put the Bible together and they believe it's politically put together and they believe that, that at this point in time that, that God can't reveal himself to all people at all times and so there are people that are going to die that will never have known him or be given the chance and so now he's fearful that all these people are going to go to hell how can he believe in a God that only wants to love himself inside of you? You see how much fear and doubt is created? I can't go to him until I what? Know the word. And I better be prayed up. I better be in the word so that when I am coming across those questions, I have answers. If God uses me for that. If God tells me to go. Because see, in my prayer time, that's where intercession comes in. Prayer time is for testimony. Prayer time is for intercession. Prayer time is to give it all to God. Prayer time is to sit inside his presence and wait until he says, go. He's my coach, right? When I coached, I always had these people out here, and I had to tell them, you're going to run this race, you're going to run this. We practice these races, but I think you're going to be best at this race, and you're going to be best for that race. God does the same thing for us. You're going to go plant seed here. You're going to go plant seed here. You're going to help this person run this race. I started this off by telling you that this is about revolution, not about revival. We talk about change for Henry County. I live in Houston County. I'm bringing what we're wanting here down there. And I know that what we're talking about is change, which means we're not asking for just a, a flicker or a fire that burns in the night and goes away because we have to try to find oil that just continues to make it burn. But rather, we want a war to happen. We want destruction to happen. We want something that is not only uh, hard, but also brings pain. And you go, pain? Yes. Destroy these constructs that we have built that have created this comfortable life that we see so that he can be revealed to all because I don't need the money. I don't need the cars. I don't need the comfort. What I need is God. And I want to see him move here like he's moving in the third world countries that can't have all the stuff that I have. I want to see bones dancing and being rebuilt into his glory. I want to see change occur. It's not happening. Then you're not looking. That's our problem. That's our problem. Healing's not going to happen. It will happen for who he wants it to happen to and when he wants it to happen. And it's time to look at the little things and the big things. Well, they died. Yeah, but they were healed for an extra three months. And what did they do for the three months? Yeah, but they didn't have the way that I wanted to. It's not about you. 
but he didn't use me the way that I wanted. Are you his or are you yours? It's time to remove the hurdles. It's time to use him the way we're supposed to in prayer and in reading the word to overcome the hurdles. It's time to follow and to deny ourselves to the point that we can begin to show others when they're going through these tough times what it's meant to be a Christian, what it's meant to be in God. You know, one of the questions, and I'm not going to go much further after this because this one just stuck in my head and it's always stuck in my head, and God really gave me an answer. He didn't like the answer, but he told me to tell him this. But he kept saying, if you look at all the other religions... They don't have so many factions, so many splinters. Everybody comes out with a different doctrine in Christianity, and they want to have this doctrine and this one, and they use it in order to to give them what they're wanting to see, to be able to help them to live the life that they're wanting to live. And so, therefore, they bring it in that way. And he said, I just don't understand. Why would I want to believe the Bible? Why would I want to follow that stuff when that's going on? And I said, this is what God downloaded to me. I said, you missed the point. If the enemy is unrelenting and God is the one he has to destroy and Christianity is what's been built up, what would he want to splinter the most? We're going to have a hard time putting it back together. Why? Because it takes destruction to rebuild. And we've got to destroy the constructs that we've made. We have to tear down some of the false doctrine and you don't do it by missing God. You, you do it by staying in a house of prayer. You do it by reading the word. You do it by making sure that what is being preached and taught is things that are sound doctrine in God. And you follow that and you trust him. And you build upon that. And you begin to go to those that believe in those doctrines that aren't correct. And you begin to show them the word of God. And you do it in God's timing, not in yours. And then instead of seeing revival, you're going to see a revolution. And when revolution happens... You can't stop change. We can, we must, we will be changed. There is nothing, I'm going to say again, we can, we must, we will be changed. We can, we must, we will be changed. If he's the refiner's fire, then we can, we must, and we will be changed. And it's time for a revolution. It's not time for a revival. Am I speaking out against revival? No, I'm playing semantics. I fully am playing semantics. I get it. But what I'm telling you is I want to see change. I don't want to see a spark. I want to see a fire. I don't want to see a dousing. I want to see an erosion. I don't want to see a little bit. I want to see complete, utter annihilation of what is to be bringing what God wants it to be. And I want us to come into this place going, God, it's not about us. It's about you. And I want to see change occur. And it doesn't matter how that change occurs as long as God's the one that brings it. So I end with this. I know we've done prayer. If you want to come to the altar, you can. If you want to do it at home, you can. If you want to come find one of the elders and go into a room and talk about it, you can. But this is what you need to do. It's time to open your eyes. What is creating doubt in your life? What is creating despair in your life? What is creating temptations in your life? And do not lie to yourself. For once, do not lie to yourself. If you struggle with pornography, it's time to grab somebody and be honest with it. 
If you struggle with greed, it's time to grab somebody and to be honest with it. If you struggle with the things that are not of God so that you can deny yourself and take up the cross, it's time to grab somebody. It's time for accountability. It's time to move forward. It's time to let go and let God. And so if you want to come up here and get that change, get that change here. If you don't, you better find somebody for change because change is happening. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.